go grab this right now. Let's get started on this bit.ly slash no sweat business plan. Go get your no sweat business plan. There's no opt-in, no sign up. Just go grab it. Let's get started. Let's create your no sweat business plan. Showing up is half the battle, but showing up is easier some days than others. Dailyshowup.com is a podcast, a live stream, reminding you to show up, how to show up and why it's important to keep showing up. And now, your host, Narin Persinger. Episode 174, your no sweat business plan. I've talked about business planning a couple times here in this, the last couple of weeks. Just this idea of, hey, do we need to be creating an entire year's business plan? The amount of time and energy and focus, uh, everything that's dedicated to creating that when let's look at last year's business plan, how well did it serve you? And it's just interesting to me how quickly we forget that and we go back to this old way of doing things like, well, we've always done business planning this way, so that's how we're gonna do that. No, not anymore. This is your no sweat business plan. This is great if you are new, if you're a beginner, if you're a rookie, or if you're one of those real estate agents that you agree with me, you're like, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, I don't have the focus to put an entire day into business planning to never really look at it again. The plan goes off the rails either because my life gets in the way or the reality of life gets in the way. I've talked about this in some other episodes recently. We'll get in, I'll I'll link those up towards the end if you need uh, me to sell you more on that idea. But right now I just wanna focus on walking you through this. Let's create your business plan for the next year. Now, what we're gonna do here is a little bit different, okay? We're not gonna be talking about uh, going in depth with a lot of goals because goal setting is not business planning. We're not going to go into a bunch of reviewing what were our best sources and what were our conversion ratios and what do we want them to be now and all these things. Like There are certain things that are just out of our control. Let's acknowledge them. Let's not plan on trying to control those things moving forward. There's some things that we can control. There's some things that we can't. This is a big problem of business planning. Another big problem of business planning especially for solo real estate agents, there there could be a bunch of industries that are watching this or listening to this, but just this idea of <clears throat> we get too specific. We get too specific with um, what we want our production numbers to be. This is a big problem. We, we start focusing on, I want X number of transactions and I want X number of conversions and X number of this and X number of that. And it's just too specific. The problem with this is it will lead to frustration. It, I, if you don't know this yet, then you're newer in the industry. Maybe you've only done business playing two, three, four, five times, maybe only a handful of times and you haven't seen the pattern of, hey, I do this, I don't hit the numbers, I get frustrated, I'm a quarter way through the year and the business plan is already off track, and so I kind of throw up my hands and I just coast out the rest of the year and I wait until October, November, December to create the business plan for next year when maybe I will get it right this time. You're too specific. We actually wanna be a little bit more generic with our numbers. I'll get into that in a second. There's a lot of pressure to hit these numbers now. 
that pressure leads to a lot of stress, a lot of chaos of like numbers. I got to hit the numbers instead of what we're really supposed to be is professionals that provide a valuable service that help people transition to the next stage in their life. Instead of being this numbers hitter, this sales pusher, this property pusher. Do you want to be a property pusher or do you want to be a problem solver? And then I think another thing that happens when we get too specific with our numbers is we become we become unsure. We don't have a lot of certainty. We get out of the business planning session. We look at the plan. Every time we look at the plan, it comes back up in our head like, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to hit these numbers? And sure enough, that very first week or that very first month where you don't hit the numbers, doubt totally comes creeping in and you're like, oh, can't do that. The other problem then is we get too specific with um, the numbers that we're trying to hit with our targets. We get very, um, we get specific with the targets and then we get too specific with the direction. All right. So we go, this is the target that I want to aim for. The, the only way to do that is to do this. And again, based upon last year, maybe we have to be more willing and open to adapting to what's going on, what the market is giving us, what what we find are our strengths versus our weaknesses and the market that we're trying to connect with. So if you have not got your no sweat business plan yet, again, here's what it looks like. Just go to bit.ly slash no sweat business plan. I want to walk you through this no sweat business plan. And then um, we'll give you a general overview. There's a second page to it where I give you some examples. Okay. So let's go through this. The first thing that I want you to notice is that I have habits are greater than systems. Systems are greater than motivation. How many of you are relying on motivation to be the thing that is your indicator of success? When you wake up in the morning, do you know what you want to accomplish that day? Do you know what you want to accomplish for the week, for the month? Or are you relying on just waking up and, and maybe you've fallen into the trap of, look, oh, I have to be an early riser. In order for me to be successful, I have to join this 4 a.m. crew or this 5 a.m. crew. The only thing separating me between where I'm at and the successful business life career that I could have is if I just wake up earlier. That's a silly myth. You don't have to buy into that. It could give you some more time but you still got to do something valuable, important, impactful with that time. So I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but it is really important to understand that what we're trying to do throughout the entire business planning process and as we implement as the year goes along, each quarter, each quarter, each quarter, is move out of motivation, not relying on motivation to dictate what we do, what we don't do, but the systems that, are, that we create along the way and more importantly, the habits that the systems help us create. So habits are greater than systems and systems are greater than motivation. There's really only two things that we need to focus on when we're doing our no sweat business plan. Number one, do we have enough of the right people to talk to? So let's break that down a little bit more. You have enough of the right people, enough of the right people. There might be some real estate agents that have thousands, five thousands, tens of thousands of leads and contacts in a database. So you have enough. 
Now, the important part of that equation is, are they the right people? So based upon your strengths, based upon your skill set, based upon how you want to provide value and the level of service that you want to serve, like what is in your, your strength zone and where do you feel the most comfortable? Extreme example, maybe you're really great with first-time home buyers uh, condo home buyers. Your your strength is in that. Your skill set is in that. You understand what it's like to buy a condo. You know how to read the CCNRs and evaluate the strengths, the financial strengths of uh, property management of of the um, property management association. You know everything that you need to know about that. But then you have thousands of leads that are for commercial or investors. Like there's a mismatch there. So the first part of this is we want to make sure that we have enough of the right people, enough of the right people. And then the second part is we want to be consistently communicating with them. That's really all we need to figure out when we're putting our business plan together, okay? So the first part of this that I want you to realize is that an audience is greater than a list or a database. How many of you have ever heard that the money is in the list or... Um, your database is your business. You've heard language and terms and phrases like that before. In, I, I wouldn't argue with that. I wouldn't disagree with that. The thing that I would challenge is in 2020, in 2021, when we can literally have access to people. See, like I, w- I want you to think about yourself as... Um, a business in the year 2021, not a salesperson in the year 1997. So in 1997, it makes sense to collect a list, a database, and get all that that stuff. But in the year 2021, we can create what I would call an invisible list. On platforms, you can cookie and pixel and, and create an audience that you can now market to. You don't know who they are, but you know that they're there. So In a generic way, like if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you post a video and you run it to a super wide audience, um, maybe you set up the audience and it comes back at 100,000 and 50%, um, 20,000 people watch 50% of the video, then you can create an audience that says, I only want my next ad or my next piece of content to show up to that group of people. So this is where the audience matters. The the reason why I think this matters is that a database will give you their information, um, but an audience gives you their time and their attention, okay? A database will give you their information, but an audience gives you their time and attention. So the first thing I really want you to think about is what what would you rather have? Would you rather have 500 people that you have their contact information and maybe the only reason why you have their contact information is you picked up a business card at networking. So great, you input that into your CRM and you have their contact information, but do they really want to hear from you? Or would you rather have an audience that is willing to give you their time and attention? I'm in the boat of audience building. Um, Let's acquire an audience and let's keep their that audience by giving them stuff that so that they will give us their time and attention. Okay. So the first part that we want to look at is how do we acquire that audience? What platforms 
are you going to use to grow your audience? This is the first question. Now we're finally into like, we got to take action on something. The second page of this, I'll go over this stuff in a moment, but I just want to lay it out to you. So the first part is what platforms am I trying to grow? And then the second part of that equation, that question is how are you going to grow it? Okay. I'll give you some examples in a minute. Now the second part is we've acquired the audience. How do we communicate with them? So I call this endless engagement. We want to be communicating with them as long as they are willing to give us their time and attention. We want to communicate with them as long as they're willing to give us their time and attention. So there's two levels to this. Number, the first level is convert ready nows. Those are leads that are ready to go right now. Maybe they opt into the database or they call you, they text you, they message you, whatever it is, but they're ready to go now. And most of us are pretty good at converting those leads. And the industry talks about the importance of speed to lead and, you know, whatever. Those are easily easy enough to convert. Like if you're a real estate agent, just like real quick on this, if you're a real estate agent or a mortgage lender and you say, oh, I'm really good once I get in front of somebody or once I get them like on the phone, once they talk to me and they start asking me some questions, then I'm really good. I hate to break this to you. Of course you are. You, you're talking to somebody who's ready. You're a retailer. I did a episode on this. I'll have that link below about how to get to the next level of becoming an advisor. The retailer is the level way down at the bottom. When someone shows up and says, hey, I'm ready, and you think, well, I'm good once that happens, of course you are. Anyone would be good. You need to rise up your skill level, your, um, your expectations on yourself, and, and be willing to have some conversations with people that aren't always ready. So anyone can handle people who show up and go, hey, I'm ready. Uh, if you want your business to be more consistent and grow, we need to talk to more people than, than are just ready. So we want to have something, a strategy, action plan in place to convert the ready nows. Most of us should be able to do that, but let's document that. And then the next part to that, the second part is the nurture the ready laters. So one of the things that I tell the client path members is we don't want to just be speed to lead. We want to be steady until they're ready. The vast majority, the vast majority of the audience that you're building, the leads that you're talking to, the contacts that are in your database that you're interacting with are ready later, not ready now. And if we're only focused on the ready nows, our business is gonna have this constant peaks and valleys. We're gonna be service, servicing the ready nows. We're gonna, our business is gonna drop off. We're gonna panic. And then we're gonna be like, well, I gotta go find some ready nows because I haven't had a closing this month. I wanna make sure I have a closing next month. So I gotta go find some ready nows. And you get peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys because you're always searching for the ready nows. We need to have a strategy and action plan in place to communicate uh, for endless engagement to nurture the ready laters, all right? And then on the side of it, really simple how I want you to think about this. What do you want your net income to be? How many client closings do you have to pull that off? Then how many Mets do you need? How many Mets do you need? Appointments do you need to set? And how many leads, audience, uh, contacts do you need to get in order to hit those numbers? So let's walk through this. Again, make sure that you've uh, downloaded this. 
no opt-in, don't have to sign up, just head to bit.ly slash nosweatbusinessplan.com and I'll walk you through some examples on this. And uh, ideally what I'd love for you to do is fill this, self, fill this out yourself as I walk you through some examples, okay? And I should say, if you, um, if you wanna go more in depth with this, if you like this idea but you wanna go more in depth, head to darrenpersinger.com slash group. darrenpersinger.com slash group. You get inside the Facebook group. It's called the Successful Solo Real Estate Agents. There's two resources in there right now. I'm, I'll probably be uploading a third one before the end of the year that will go deeper into this stuff. But we have one called Epic Goal Setting to just help you, you know, set some epic goals. I don't think smart goal setting is the way to go. Epic is the way to do it. So, you know, smart stands for something. Epic also stands for something. Get inside the group to check that out. And then I have another thing called um, simple and realistic business plan to get you to 46 transactions a year. So if you like the idea of that, head to darrenpersinger.com group to get inside, get access, free training on that goal setting and business planning to get you to, to set some epic goals and then get you to 46 transactions a year. But if you just want to stick with the no sweat business plan, no sweat, let's do it. All right. So you're looking at this. Here's how we um, identify. I would just write down what my net income I want to be, what I want to have at the end of the year. What's the net income? Not gross, net. We don't have to worry about calculations and all this different stuff. If you do, um, I have a video on, maybe we'll, we'll do something on this on a podcast coming up. But right now there's a video on um, the simple budget model for real estate agents. And I break down the different P&L structures of what it should look like, whether you run a team, whether you're a solo agent or you're an agent on a team, and the pros and cons of each of those. So you can go find that video. Again, we'll have that one linked up if you want to check that out. But we don't want to focus on gross because there's going to be some expenses in there. So I want you to focus on what do you want your net income to be. Two quick things about net income and the reason why I want you to focus on that. A couple big mistakes that I see agents make when they're identifying their income goals is number one, they don't account for taxes. They don't account for taxes. So they go, I want to make $100,000 a year. Yeah, that's not bad, right? Well, immediately take out 30% for taxes. And then you do all your business expenses. All of a sudden, yeah, it's not crazy that you're down at $50,000 after expenses, um, depending on how you're, you're spending your money. Now, the other part of that, so that's mistake number one, not accounting for taxes. Mistake number two is not accounting for reinvestment or a buffer zone. So maybe you don't, maybe you only have three months saved up, but you want six. So like something Catherine and I, some, the phases that we look at, a little sidetrack here, but I think you'll find value in this is we have a peace of mind fund. So that's our operating expenses for our life and for our business. And we operate on, this year we quickly adjusted to a year long. We usually operate with six months personal and business expenses. Then with what we saw happening, like the first couple of weeks, we said, let's put a little bit more into that just to give ourselves a nice buffer zone. That's why we call it peace of mind. 12 months, a year gave us a lot of peace of mind. And that was really important to us this year. 
So that's the peace of mind fund. The next is your war chest. This is a fund in case you want to do something big. You want to do you know something um, exciting happens. Exciting could be good or bad, but we have our war chest. And then the third fund is what we call our freedom fund. And we don't think about it as retirement. We just think about it as freedom at any point in time when we go, let's change directions. We can do whatever we want to do with that. So that is our, our three funds that we focus on. And so the first mistake that I think agents make is not including taxes into their numbers. And the second part is not including the, the funds of setting up, making sure that they're distributing money to their peace of mind, their war chest, and their freedom fund to keep things moving forward. So just a couple ideas on numbers <clears throat> there for you. So we go through net income. You know your numbers. Divide that into whatever your per transaction revenue will be. That will tell you how many client closings that you have have to have. Now, I think the number that we're going to shoot for here is... Um, that I have on the example is 66% success ratio. So if you go and meet with 54 people, you have 36 closings. That's a 66% success rate ratio. And then moving up to that, how many sets do you need to have? Um, so I did the math here, um, 72 to 54. You can figure out whatever your math is based upon what your ratios are. All right, so sets is appointment set. Mets is that actually they followed through. Um, I'm working with them, right? And then the client closings are, I successfully closed. I got paid. So think about how many of those at the very top you need to have. And then the gets is how big of an audience do you need to build in order to... Um, set those many appointments to meet with those many clients to close those many uh, contracts, closings, properties, buyers. So gets, sets, mets. Now, when you look at the first question, the acquire audience, what platforms am I trying to grow? I think you only need to look to three or four. The first audience that you're looking to grow is your sphere of influence so or your circle of influence, whatever you want to call it. Take a look at that as audience number one. Audience number two you want to look at is like a cold lead audience. So growing your database um, of contacts. You have, their, you have their contact information. And then that third audience that we talked about earlier is more the invisible audience that you aren't collecting contact information on, but you can market to them at any time that you want. And then if you want to go with a fourth audience, kind of recommend it you have your primary platform of where your invisible audience number one sits at, and then you want to be able to retarget. So what would be your secondary platform? We like YouTube as our secondary, Facebook as our primary. So we, we start them off on Facebook, and then we can retarget anyone that visits our website on Facebook and using YouTube. So that is how we retarget. We use YouTube as our secondary platform. So that's where I, why I have these numbers down here. And then the platforms I'm trying to grow, so you can see how those numbers jump over to there. I'm trying to grow my sphere of influence. I want to lock down my promoters and supporters. That's a, a segment that we use inside Client Path, what we call um, certain contacts inside of our database. I want to generate leads on my website and visitors. Primary platform is Facebook. Secondary platform is YouTube. 
Next, simple questions. How am I going to do that? Well, for uh, my sphere of influence, I'm going to use organic, um, abkit, RRI, and targeting. And then for generating leads, I'm going to use compatibility find campaigns. Again, these are all things that we do inside client path. So if the terminology is a little weird, totally get it. Uh, but this is how we would do it. We'd start with a compatibility find. So wide net out to a cold audience. Then we'd use conversion campaigns and then offer search guides, search and guides in order to convert them into leads to get their contact information. And then our primary platform being Facebook. Well, we would use organic with the compatibility find campaigns and do video marketing also to retarget them. And then also that's connected to YouTube on the next how content from Facebook video marketing and also using our listings to market over onto YouTube. So there's your acquire audience. That's some people are going to say like lead generation, marketing, business development. The terminology that I'm using here in this no sweat business plan is the audience that I want to acquire simply because again, I, I want you, once you buy into this, once you get this into your mind frame, then audience gives you their time and attention. A database only gives you their contact information. What would you rather have? I'd rather have time and attention. The fact that you're giving, that you're watching this or listening to this, that you're giving me time and attention is huge. Think about that when you're trying to market and communicate and put messages out to people. Wouldn't you rather have their time and attention than just, hey, I have your number, but you never answer your phone. All right, so the second part of this equation then is um, endless engagement. How do we convert ready nows? Um, we we want to have a good bobber sequence. Stay on top of the nudges and messenger. So this is where you write down how are you can how will you convert? What are the three to five things that you'll do to convert ready now leads? And then nurture the ready later's. Again, what are the three to five things that you will do to continue to follow up with the people who aren't ready now? but will probably be ready later. Uh, and I've written down here a wellness campaign. Again, these are terminologies, things that we use inside Client Path and in our business at Cantrell Persinger. So wellness campaign, we'll email two to three times a week uh, to our database. We'll do better retargeting and use better use of the secondary platform. So that's an example that you can use. Again, if you didn't download this, you can go to No Sweat Business Plan, uh, bit.ly slash no sweat business plan. And again, if you want, if you want to go deeper, if this isn't enough for you, jump inside the group, darrenpersinger.com slash group, where uh, you can do the epic goal setting and we'll have some stuff in there on the simple but realistic business plan to get you to 46 transactions a year. But really, I think this is enough for most of us to get started, to give us some direction, because what we want to do is we don't want to necessarily worry and stress about getting on the course on the correct course. We want to get started and then course correct. Too much time, too much energy, too much focus trying to get the specific targets in the specific direction and then reality happens and all those targets are gone and our direction doesn't make sense anymore. We want general targets, general direction and then constantly be course correcting along the way. Thanks for showing up. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for showing up. You can listen to more episodes at 
dailyshowup.com, or watch on Facebook, or YouTube. If you're a solo real estate agent, get access to our free guide at dailyleadsweeklyappointments.com. And remember, keep showing up.